First Thessalonians 5 will be where we're at this morning. We're going to talk about encouraging one another or edifying and comforting as we continue looking at this idea of one another. I saw, of course I've been you know, looking at this subject for a while now and I, I think I listened to a sermon recently and his, he said it's one anothering. I don't know if that's proper English. Not that my English is proper, but. Let's back up a little bit into chapter 4 just to kind of get the context of this verse that we're primarily going to be looking at this morning. We're going to be looking at verse 11 in chapter 5, but just for context's sake, we'll back up to verse 13 in chapter 4 and and read through. I might skip a few portions just to, to look at some highlights here, but. I want you to understand the context, the overall context of what is, is going on here. First uh, Thessalonians 4.13, the Word of God says this, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will bring, God will bring, God, excuse me, sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words." But of the times and the seasons, brethren, uh, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when we shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that, uh, excuse me, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day, We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. And here's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time this morning. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Encouraging one another. I think one of Satan's most effective ways of defeating Christians is not necessarily sin. I think he can use discouragement. We are prone to be discouraged at times. Even when, and maybe even sometimes more when we're living in victory at times, when we, we feel like we, uh, we have been doing right and we're, we're living in victory, sometimes uh, the seed of discouragement can really settle in at those moments. And so uh, I think that's why God tells us to comfort and to edify one another. Because he knows we're prone. I mean, think of the great prophet that had fire come from heaven. And shortly thereafter, he's sitting on the wayside, discouraged a little bit. 
because life can be discouraging at times. The word comfort here uh, means to come to one side to invoke comfort, encouragement, consolation. The whole idea is that we would, and, it, and just so you know, the, the term here, yourselves together, is where we get that aleo that we've been talking about. It's in that part of this verse. There, specifically when it talks about comforting. And sometimes we're not very good comforters. <laughs> uh, I know I'm not always a good comforter. <laughs> Ask my kids. Um, Sometimes I'm not the most comforting presence uh, in their lives. But we ought to be an encouragement and help to those around us. So much more those here in the household of faith and in here. And so when we think of this idea of comforting, it talks about encouragement and consolation. Uh, I want to just define encourage for you this morning. I don't want to leave anything unsaid. To give courage to. Encourage, to give or increase confidence of success, to inspire with courage, spirit of strength of mind, to embolden, to incite, to inspirit, uh, to encourage people, uh, help them to be more bold, to give them more courage. Uh, and then what is courage? Bravery, intrepidity, the quality of mind which enables men to encounter danger and difficulties with firmness or without fear or depression of spirits. Valor, but here it is, boldness, resolution. We're not just talking about the Medal of Honor recipient type of courage this morning. Sometimes it's just a boldness or a resolution to continue on. Uh, fortitude, uh, but fortitude oftentimes implies patience to bear continued suffering. Uh, courage. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. And so the idea here is, don't be afraid. But the rest of that verse says, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. And so when we look at this passage, I, we read part of chapter 4 and, and even the leading verses in chapter 5, because I want to give you the understanding that this is something that God has orchestrated. And when we talk about, it says, wherefore comfort one another with these words, when it talks about the dead in Christ shall rise, the Lord is coming back find comfort in that. We can find encouragement and strength. We can be encouraged or emboldened to continue our walk of faith, to have fortitude in what God's calling us to do because we know that God's returning. And listen, one of the hardest times to get through life can be when we're grieving the loss of a loved one. And the Apostle Paul saying, hey, those that are asleep, that are in Christ, they're going to rise as well before those that are living, actually. They shall rise first, it says. And so we never should forget that there is a catching away coming. So we ought to be encouraging one another. So that's the backdrop of the idea of encouraging and strengthening, inciting courage in other believers. We can continue on because we're on the winning side. How much more encouraging can that be? I mean, in Deuteronomy, they're, they're being told to be courageous, and to go forward. And they were getting ready to go to war. And this morning, we are at war spiritually. It is a challenge to get up and to go about our lives because the devil is opposing us. Our flesh is opposing us. God forbid that the people of God in our own fellowship are opposing us. What a shame 
It is for the people of God to be a discouragement to the other people of God. Because we're critical. Because they're not doing it the way I think we should do this. God help us to be a comfort and to edify. The, the word there, edify, means to build up. We should not be tearing anyone down. We should be lifting them up above ourselves. Discourage. Don't be dissing me. A lot of times we think of disrespecting me. But the idea of that word dis uh, means to, to do the opposite to, uh, of doing that. It's the opposite of encouraging. It's to disencourage. Discourage those people. Uh, to extinguish or the, excuse me, to extinguish the courage of, to dishearten, to depress the spirits, to deject, to deprive of confidence, to discourage. So when we are critical of people and we tear people down and we're, we're being uh, maybe perhaps judgmental unjustly, we're just discouraging people. We're defeating them. God help us. I'm, I'm getting way ahead of my notes here, but hopefully we'll get there in a moment. But that is one of the main purposes of us gathering here today. Is to exhort and to encourage and to strengthen each other. Because listen, we can't be here every day. We have jobs. We have responsibilities. We have other things we need to do. We have to go out into the world and make a living, many of us. And those things can be challenging and difficult and discouraging. And so we come here, there should be nothing but encouragement and exhortation and magnifying, glorifying our God. There's no place for uh, anyone to be a discouragement here. We don't have time for that. If we're being serious about this, we're at war. It would be foolish not to do your pre-battle checks. When, before we would go out, um, outside the wire, they used to call it, uh, there were always these pre-checks that we had to accomplish to make sure our equipment was in good working order. And we would do battle buddy checks, and you'd check your buddies. And, just, and the whole purpose of that was to make sure that we're ready to go to war. In here, we should be in here building each other up, lifting each other up, because we're going to war. The devil's opposing our, our brethren and our sisters in Christ. Our flesh is difficult to overcome at times. Slothfulness and lazy and apathy seem to abound in the, in the lives of Christians. And so we need to be encouraging one another. We shouldn't be dissing one another. Edify to build. Uh, it's really in a literal sense. Uh, it's to build up. It has the idea of a house. And this word here I thought was interesting, facio, uh, to make. Uh, the whole idea is that we would come in here and build one another up and strengthen each other that we can continue on for the Lord. Because people are grieving the loss of loved ones. They have family members that have died. And listen, it's even probably harder when it's out of season. When somebody passes before the typical life expectancy would be. Maybe somebody loses their children. I got an illustration here that Lord willing will get to here in a few moments. But listen, people can really be struggling with the loss of a loved one. The Apostle Paul took the time to say, hey, comfort each other. Those that are in Christ, they're not there forever. And we understand to be absent with the body is present with the Lord. And so those ought to be the things that we're encouraging each other with here. Uh, 
So comfort one another. In John 14, 16, Jesus uses uh, the same form of this, of this Greek word, comfort, when he says this, And I will pray that the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that you may, he may abide uh, with you forever. And, and later in, in 1426, the same word uh, Jesus used has a, broad, a little bit of a broad meaning uh, of comfort. It's one of the most difficult times to know that people are struggling is when they are grieving the loss of a loved one. It can be a challenge. Listen, the best way to comfort a grieving person is simply to do what Romans 12 says. 12.15, it says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Avoid trying to be an expert on grief. Even if you've experienced something similar, their personality is different, their circumstances are different, It might be very similar, but you're not an expert. You don't know how they feel entirely. But oftentimes we want to share our experience and be such an encouragement. And they just might need somebody to cry with them. They might need somebody just to to be there with them. Uh, In his book, uh, The Last Thing We Talk About, Help and Hope for Those Who Grieve, Joseph uh, Bailey says this, he had an experience. He said one of his children had died. And I can't imagine. That's got to be one of the most difficult things to face, uh, that type of grief. But he writes this. He says, I was sitting torn by grief. Someone came and talked to me of God's dealings, of why it happened, of hope beyond the grave. He talked constantly. He said things I knew were true. I was unmoved, except to wish He would go away. He finally did. But he said another came and sat beside me. He didn't talk. He didn't ask leading questions. He just sat beside me for an hour or more, listened when I said something, answered briefly, prayed simply, and left. I was moved. I was comforted. I hated to see him go. Oftentimes less is more. And the loss of a loved one is difficult. But this illustration I thought was amazing. We can learn, I think it was Brother George told me, we're going to learn a lot from children. Uh, This young young little girl, she came home from visiting a neighbor whose young daughter had recently died. And her mom says this, why did you go? Or her father questioned her. And the little girl said, to comfort the mother. The dad said this, what could you do to comfort her? The little girl said, I climbed in her lap and cried with her. Grieving people don't need theologians, philosophers, or experts. Just grieve with them. Sometimes they just want to vent, express their feelings. They're not looking for brilliant advice. Many people understand, especially in the house of the Lord, they understand if they're in Christ, there's comfort, and we will be reunited and see Him once again. 
they just might need somebody to listen compassionately as they express their feelings verbally. They just want to vent their hurt, their frustrations, maybe some anger. They just need somebody to listen that's not going to be critical or try to correct the situation. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. There's a lot we could unpack there. But sometimes hurting people just need to vent and, and let, let some things verbalize. Uh, listen, sometimes you, you think things, but until you verbalize it, you don't really process it. <laughs> if they say something that sounds foolish, they're probably hearing that it sounds foolish too. You don't need to tell them that. <clears throat> people just want to express their feelings at time, and they might want to unverbalize that. And so I want to just talk a little about comforting one another because I think that's what the, the context of this passage is. We can comfort those that have lost people. Now, it may be more challenging if they're not in Christ. They don't have the hope, the blessed hope. And that might be more challenging in that situation. Um, but again... I don't think they needed a theology lesson to understand that their loved one's in hell. Uh, you know, but it's not their fault that they're in hell. Those people chose. They rejected Christ on their own. And so just be attentive. Be with them. And I hesitate saying this, but sometimes people just need a compassionate touch. And the reason I hesitate is because I don't want people to think it's an inappropriate touching. I think there is a time and a place. I don't go around hugging all the ladies in the church for a reason. Now, I've been down south and there's a lot of ladies that would hug me. So I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, but when I say sometimes people just need an arm around the shoulder, that maybe they do need an embrace, a hug. Uh, and and the, the Lord, oftentimes when he healed people, he touched them. Matthew 20, 34, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyesight received. And Mark 1, 41, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith to him, I will be thou clean. Our Savior often, and if you look at the culture of the day when Christ was here, of the disciple resting their head on the Savior, it was a different culture. I'm not going to ask Brother Benson if I can rest my head on his shoulder. I, don't, I won't feel comfortable, but listen, maybe that might be the case for some people. Obviously, we need to keep it appropriate. The Lord often touched, and it was a very, and I've been in the Middle East. I've seen men walking hand in hand because they were good friends. There was nothing inappropriate going on. It was a different culture. Uh, and sometimes the, the feeling of another person touching you that is, Reaching out in compassion and love can be sensed by someone. And perhaps because of our culture, we miss out on a lot of comforting ability because we tend to think it's all inappropriate. Uh, and so I, I, that may be the case. Somebody might just need a hug sometimes. They might just need that shoulder to cry on. And so what I would say is, as the Lord leads, comfort <clears throat> building up one another. 
So in verse 11, it says we should comfort one another. It says comfort yourselves together. And then here it says and edify one another even as also you do. So they were doing this already, right? They're, they're doing it. And I think we are doing it here too. I get encouraging words frequently. I try to be an encouragement. I understand nobody's perfect, so we're not always the best at it. And some people are better at it than others. I listened to a, an illustration today of, of a lady that goes above and beyond in that area in her workplace. Um, and I thought it was a good idea, but I don't know if I can commit to something so uh, committed. <laughs> but she, every time she was a flight attendant, and she would travel around, and there would be a group of people that she would work with for two or three days, and she may never see those same people again. And so she committed that at the end of that trip that they were spending together, she would, everybody, when they were together to do their, their team debrief, she would say something positive about every single person that she worked with. And she said there was one particular time there was a pilot that she's like, I, she said, Lord, I don't know what I can say positive. He was just such a difficult person. And so she waited till the last and she, and she said, and while she was telling everybody else their thing, and she did it publicly with all of them, while she was telling that, she was like, in her back of her mind, she's like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I've got to get to, I'm going to hit, get to him at some point. And so the Lord just, she said, hey, I can tell that you love your family and you're, you're a family man. And so she had something nice that she could say. It may be harder at times than others, but we need to be willing to build people up. To edify, to lift them up, uh, to build one another up. Listen, at times we need encouragement, whether that's emotionally or spiritually. Listen, we live in a fallen world continually. It does get challenging out there. It does get burdensome out there. Uh, and it can tend to drag us down. And, and we get this command from God for what reason? He understands that we can get discouraged. He understands that Things get difficult at times. And so we are to build one another up. Listen, I think the best place we can do that or is right here in the assembling of the saints. The Lord's orchestrated this for a reason. I don't know who said this, but they said the church is the original support group. I know the connotation that some people might have about that, but that's true. We're here to support and encourage and build one another up. Many Christians get very little encouragement at church services because they go for selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes people are just here to get what they can out of it. God tells us not to forsake our assembling so that we can encourage and exhort one another. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so I've been trying to do some practical things here. So I got three practical ideas that we can do as we assemble together and gather together. The first one is arrive early. One of the best ways to encourage another person is to arrive early so that you can have time to talk. Don't show up two minutes before church and find your pew, hardly talk to anybody, leave as soon as we dismiss, and they get frustrated that nobody was encouraging you. Listen, handshaking time's a blessing, but that's not a whole lot of time to fellowship. That's not a lot of time to impart 
maybe the challenges or the exciting things. Testimony time was good this morning. Hey, God's been good to me. It's good to hear that God's working in other people's life. That, it helps build us up. That Man, God's working over there. God's working over here. I may not be feeling like God's working a whole lot, but he's still working. And, and it's encouraging. So don't show up at the last second and get frustrated because nobody's encouraging you. Walk in wisdom with them that are out. Look at what it says, redeeming the time. We need to make the use of our time. Take advantage of the time that we have. Where else were you going to be this morning? You were coming here anyway. Show up a little bit early to take advantage of that time to encourage and to strengthen each other. God can arrange unbelievable meetings. But you have to be present. And so uh, don't rush around through life. From task to task, I can't tell you, this is something that God has done in my life recently that it, it's so nice not being in the Air Force. I oftentimes felt like, especially as you go up in, in leadership position and you have, and I always tried to be present for my airmen and I was on job sites and I was, and sometimes I just felt like it was never stop, never stop, always go, 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 go. And because of that, and the Lord convicted me of this, I'd, I'm just being frank with you. The other day I was doing some things and I was focused on getting a task done. And there was somebody that I had worked with before and I've known, and this has happened a few times, but this time the Lord just said, hey, stupid, slow down. I brought that person in your path so you could talk to them. Get up a little bit earlier. I'm talking practical things this morning. Listen, this ought to be a place we should be excited to come because we're going to see our friends. We're going to see those of like faith and we can encourage and strengthen them and help each other. If you dread coming to church, you need to look to God and ask for some help. <laughs> and if it's because there's a clown in the church that is a discouragement to you, go talk to him. Say, hey, I, we got some, go, we're not on the same page. We got a schism. That ought not be so. What can we do? Now, listen, I get it. We're not going to be best friends with everybody. I understand that. But be willing to have the courage to have a discussion if there is a schism. Uh, show up early. Here it is. Be friendly. Did you know it's impossible to build up, to comfort, to encourage others if you're unfriendly? pretty difficult. If you're just brash and rude all the time, or maybe you're in a rush all the time, and you don't have time to stop and talk to people, and they think, well, that person's just rude. They're so focused on whatever they're doing. They don't have time for anybody. Uh, be friendly. Don't sit in the empty section of the pews or chairs. Sit next to people and visit with them. Stick around after the service. If you see a visitor sitting alone, sit by them. Welcome them. <clears throat> Here's a great one another. We talked about this a little bit. Greet one another with an holy kiss. Like I said, I think that was more of a cultural thing that we're not familiar with today. But I think what the apostle there and what God's trying to tell us is we ought to be 
expressing our love and kinship with the people around us, and we ought to be able to go to them and greet them. Now, that may be a handshake today in modern Western world in America. Maybe it's a holy hug for some. I know down south, that's the case. And if uh, Brother Chavez and Mrs. Chavez isn't here, but if uh, Natasha's mom's here, you're going to get a hug. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Listen, it can be encouraging to get a hug. She's happy. She's excited to see you. She's hugging you. That's encouraging. Don't be afraid of people. If somebody wants to give you a holy hug, don't reject it. (laughs) Because they're trying to be an encouragement, but if you just diffuse it, it can be a discouragement to them. Sit by folks, maybe that you haven't sat by. Boy, time's getting away from me this morning. Being friendly means you have to be, or uh, having friends means you have to be friendly. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Don't come whining about nobody's friendly if you're not being friendly. And I know that might be a little bit different for each and every one of us. Some people are more extroverts and they do those things than others. And so don't be overbearing with your, with your friendliness if somebody's uncomfortable. Compliment. Edify. Appropriately. There's a lot of people that labor in our church to make Sunday schools happen. Uh, pastor preaching all the time, all these things, they make things happen. They're putting effort and time into these things. Uh, They're studying, they're preparing, they're cleaning toilets, mopping floors, sweeping floors. Build them up, say thanks, appreciate that. We got a mission house to maintain now. It's not just this building. As our church grows, God willing, we'll have more and more responsibilities to take care of. Uh, We need to tell people we appreciate what they're doing to make our church function, uh, to make things happen. Things don't just look sharp and nice every Sunday on their own. People put in a lot of time and effort. Tell them thank you. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Look what it says. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It says daily there. That indicates to me that you really can't do it too much. Every day... We need a little bit of a boost, a little bit of an encouragement, a little bit of a kind word. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Just sometimes people need a compliment, something to build them up, to strengthen them. Listen, I know it's hard, but God's still here. God's still with us. In the context of our passage, he's coming again. We're on the winning side. I don't care how hard it is today. In the end, we're winners. our God was a God of comfort Uh, blessed be God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies and the God of comfort the God of consolation encouragement and strengthening Uh, if you want to be Christ like you should probably adapt this quality find a way to be a comfort and an encouragement to others on a regular basis everyone needs some type of a cheerleader My biggest cheerleader is Cindy. She knows when to blow up my balloon, but she knows when to pop it. She keeps me in check. 
And that's a blessing to, to have a, a, a marriage that we're able to do something like that. And I know not everybody is in a situation like that. But we can do it for the people of God. Everybody's got different circumstances in life here today. Loved ones that have died, difficult circumstances in life, we need to be building one another up, edifying them, reminding them of the teachings of God's word. Hey, don't be weary in well-doing. Our Lord's coming back. We will reap in due season. Don't get weary. Keep on. The Lord's coming. He'll take care of it. In His timing, just trust Him. He's always faithful. He's never failed. I have inside information because I know what the special is this morning. It's very timely for the testimonies this morning and for what we're talking about this morning. God has never failed once yet. Remind each other of that. He's going to be there no matter how challenging it is. Listen, I just retired. Everybody knows that. There was a lot of uncertainty in our family. And when you do something for 20 plus years, you know, like you're settled in your way, things are good, you know how the paychecks are coming, you, you know how much the paychecks are going to be, all of that stuff. And then it got to a place where that wasn't going to be the case. And listen, the church is providing, I'm not saying any of that, but on our side of the aisle, we didn't understand how everything was going to work out. God never failed. And I'll tell you this, he more than abundantly is meeting our needs. He's not going to fail us. And so we need to be encouraging one another. Keep on. Comfort one another. Listen, the ministry of encouragement should be the part of every believer. Don't you think that you're the believer that needs everyone encouraging you? You have a responsibility to edify and to comfort and to build up the family of God. So the reality is we just need to choose. Choose to overlook the shortcomings of others. And choose to be an encouragement. We ought to be about the business of edification. Lord, help us to build up one another. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for this lesson, Lord, and what you've done in my heart through it over the last week or two. And I just pray that you'd help us to be a blessing to one another. Lord, that we would get a hold of this, that we would understand that it's far more important to be edifying and lifting one another up than to be critical and to think that somehow we might be able to fix somebody with our critical spirit. But Lord, help us to be a comfort and encouragement to those around us, that we might be at a light in this lost world. And Lord, we pray for your blessing on the service to follow. We ask that you would meet with us, be with our pastor, Lord. I pray that you'd strengthen him physically. Lord, fill with the spirit. I pray that the word of God would go forth with free course, and that you would touch each and every life here, and that nobody would leave this place without yielding, to what you would have for them to do in their life. We pray that the lost would be saved and Christians would be strengthened to continue on. We'll give you the thanks for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.